Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 285. My name is Adam Patterson. We're joined today by Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing okay. All right. Good to hear. Uh, we've got two reviews lined up for you this week. Both thrillers, both horror thrillers. We're talking about A Quiet Place and we're going to be talking about The Endless. So exciting, exciting weekend this week. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll also be going over some we're watching on the watch list and new releases in theaters on VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm thinking that we can go ahead and just jump right into our first review since we have two of them this week. What do you think? Yeah. What do you, what's the first one going to be? I'm thinking a quiet place uh, because it it's fresh. Yeah. It's right there. It's a, it, just got yeah. out. With The Endless, I want to get into a little bit of a spoiler discussion on that one. And I think it'll just be easier time code wise to do do the the kind of the bigger one and then the smaller one and then have time in there for a spoiler talk on The Endless. I don't know if we need to do a spoiler talk on A Quiet Place. Maybe maybe we will. Maybe we'll get into it. This is directed by John Krasinski. I have a synopsis here. A family is forced to live in silence while hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. <laughs> Stars Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Now, since you just just got back from this, like you just this is ultra fresh for you. The, the, the credits might actually still be going in the theater as we speak. All right, since you're so fresh. All right, so um, now this is one that uh, last week you said it looks stupid. You were not into mm-hmm. this one at all. Has no. has your opinion changed? What did you think of A Quiet Place? Uh, it changed slightly. Well, yeah, it changed slightly. Uh, I thought it was it was all right. Nice little, uh, nice little tight film. In and out. I was so you have no idea how happy I was to find out that it was an hour and a half long. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. On my drive to the movie theater, I was just just overcome with joy. And uh, going by what I saw on the screen, that was perhaps the best decision they made because what's contained in here, I don't even know if you have enough for an hour and a half film. I thought like it was. I, I thought it was just enough. I thought it was. I thought it was a really good length. Anything more, and it may have felt a little extraneous. Like, all right, well, maybe we don't need that. But I, I but I, yeah, I, I like I like the runtime. I, I thought it was it was a good yeah. brisk pace. I think it, like like you know, I think it came in right at right at the right moment because if it would have went longer, because even some of the stuff felt a little bit uh, stretched out, stretching it a bit too thin with the. Uh, bunch of people just sitting around and having heartache on their faces oh it's a tough world you know you're, you're, I, you're living I, in a world where you have to be a hundred percent silent at all times but also i mean yeah i guess you do have to be but it doesn't explain a lot because they did a lot of work on that compound that i'm sorry but you did not do that in silence like, you didn't plant all that corn silently Wow. You can't plant well, acres but, of corn in silence. Maybe it was already there. Because <laughs> when it started, it was like, I mean, th- it was already a farm. So maybe it was already there. 
Yeah, but you're talking like the third time it flashed up is like day 400. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Something or other. You yeah. You harvest that at some point. Yeah, you're dealing with multiple seasons there. So I don't know. Maybe they did it by hand. Even t- you try grabbing a husk of corn and ripping it off a stalk without making any noise. Yeah, but it it probably doesn't. <laughs> know, I'm just, I'm it just probably doesn't make that much noise, and you're in a whole field of it. So I imagine that they go inside, you know, so that the sound of the corn that's surrounding them sort of dampens the sound of them harvesting could, the inside well corn. Be. I think I think a lot of the the issues your life could have been made a lot easier if you just moved next to the river. You know, it's funny. My wife said that exact same thing. Like there's, so the, the way that they can get around doing things that, that make noise is by doing them around things that have a louder noise, like a river or a waterfall, stuff like that. They light off fireworks to, to drown out sounds uh, and that sort of messes with the monster's hearing. And there's one scene where they go to a waterfall and they're able to talk and scream and do whatever they want. And my wife was like, well, why don't they just move next to that waterfall and then they don't have to worry about <laughs> anything. And I was like, well, well you know, just, it, it doesn't look like it's very con- a, a very conducive living environment. I mean, I don't know. May- maybe you could set something up next to the river but you'd have to build a shelter and that probably would be making a lot of noise. And I don't know. I don't know the lo- how the logistics would work with moving there. Well, we know that some of them made it to like 400 and some days. So yeah. And some, so it's not easy. No, it's not easy. It's a little tough. I, I really liked the, just the whole sound mechanic of it where you had to be absolutely silent the whole time. I thought that one of the, I mean, obviously with a movie like that, that is very heavily focused on sound, you need to bring your a game when it comes to the sound department. And I thought that, uh, the way that they handled a lot of that was, was quite good in this movie. I mean, everything, lots of jump scares in this things that like, you know, wouldn't normally make Which, someone jump, but, yeah. but there are a lot of like any loud sound in this movie. You're just like, Oh my God. Cause, cause yeah. by and large, this movie set up. Yeah. The movie itself is very quiet. I mean, like really quiet, which makes for an interesting theater going experience, uh, because you just hear every bite of popcorn from everybody in that, in that theater. <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, the, the jump scares. I mean, and I knew it from the start. As soon as, you know, the movie started a couple minutes in, it's just like, any noise is going to make me jump because it's just, it's like it lulls you with that. Sure. With yeah. That silence or the quietness. And you're just like, a, even like a mid, mid range sound is going to make me jump. Yeah. How many times did it get you? Pretty much every time. <laughs> Pretty much every time. There were there just were like yeah. there were like it wasn't, but they weren't scares. It was just like startling. Yeah, there were like uh, two or three. There were like two or three that got me really, really good. I don't remember what they were specifically, but um, I thought that I thought for the most part the jump scares were were earned. Uh, some some of them were a little cheap, but you know it's it's a horror movie. I, I, 
especially and, and not only that it's a it's a monster movie too and I, I liked the the creature design i thought was really quite good i liked the way that the monsters looked i was a little concerned yeah. i was like oh man are they are they gonna like not show them like are, is this gonna be a thing where you just see like bits and pieces of them but no they do they do show them i mean it, it it's definitely a monster movie and i thought that uh the the design and the the biology of the creatures was was very well done. Yeah, especially when they do the like the inner ear thing. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was pretty great. And for you know, their like the the design of their heads. I guess that's their heads. Yeah, they have these like. Or it has all these little, like plates, know, like little ligaments. Yeah, they like <laughs> these like tectonic <laughs> plates on their heads. Very very Weird. interesting. And I gotta say the the best the the thing that was uh, I think the most enjoyable or I think that creeped me out the most uh, involving them is when she was watching the cameras mm-hmm. and they're all just like scurrying across the ground yeah. in black and white like the gray Jesus Christ yeah they were they were yeah. pretty creepy and there were several scenes where. They would like creep up and you wouldn't know that they'd be in the house or in the room and you're just like, oh my God, there it is. Oh my God. And like the one, the one that went into the water and when she was in the water, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh my God, where is it? Is it going to get her? Uh, that, which leads me to the other sort of thing I want to talk about was the, the suspense in this movie. Like I thought that this movie was really, really tense. I mean, there were some really tense moments in this movie. The one scene that you see part of in the trailer, the, the scene where she's giving birth. Uh, that, that whole sequence, I mean, from, from beginning to end, I was just on the edge of my seat the entire time. And that there's a scene on some stairs and they frequently, they frequently cut back to this thing on the stairs. And I just was like, Oh my God, they're going to step. No, no, no. They're going to get it too. Like, I just was so concerned for everyone in that family because I thought it was going to happen multiple times. Yeah. I mean, that's just bad. That's bad parenting. You should have taken care of that nail. Yeah, no, which was I think they had which bigger, was something bigger problems yeah. to deal with. But, no, see, it's just not thinking ahead. You know, if you want if people to stay quiet, you need to shore up the nail in the stairs. Yeah, you need like, to take care of that before it becomes a problem. Like, why was that I mean, nail there in the first place? I don't know. You know, and just when it when it became apparent to you, you got to take care of it. That way, nothing can happen later on, you know. And I did like. There was a part of me that you know the first, essentially two things that happen in order to how you're introduced to the monsters to the creatures, was just like, man, your kids suck. Mm-hmm. Like this just sucks. Like you guys are doing so much, and your kids just keep fucking up. Well, especially the daughter. I mean, she was like an adolescent, so she was she was kind of a brat. You know, she, she was a little defiant, but I like, I I also liked the dynamic with the daughter that she was, she was deaf too. I I liked, I thought that was an interesting, uh, element as well. Especially the way in which they, they utilize the way they utilize it. I did for the most part, everything I thought worked pretty well. There's just one thing that just irritated me. Like right off the bat, and I don't know if it just soured me off the bat. It kind of 
it, I just couldn't shake it. I couldn't let it go. It was his little room that he has <clears throat> with all of his, his radios and whatnot. And the fact that he has a little whiteboard. Yeah. With, with, with <laughs> like, like the, his research, his, his, non, like, yeah. his non-research research. It was just, it's such a stupid thing to put in because <laughs> it, it just makes him look so dumb. Like that's all the info that you it have. It is, but not only that. It was not only is that all the info that you have, but you felt the need to find yourself a whiteboard, prop it up on your table, find yourself a marker, and write that shit down. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like there would there should be some more research on there. But it was also it was also thing. used to make the the daughter realize the the whole what what she had going on but how did that help her realize i don't know you would think that she would (laughs) she would have figured that out pretty quickly but Uh, it's just such a dumb thing to put in this was uh this was a an example of i thought that the trailers gave a little bit too much away Uh, there were some of the big like pretty much all of the big set pieces were at least in some part in the trailer like the uh, the the silo scene which i thought was a really awesome scene as well part of that was mm. in the trailer and then of course the the scene that you uh you complained about last week the the rocket the rocket ship scene yeah. which man mm. that I, I, right away when they showed the the him Taking the the ship from the kid, taking out the batteries. I was like, "Up, oh, Kevin's theory, Kevin's complaint just got shot to shit right there." Uh, but uh, still, you should have kept an eye on that kid. Uh, you fucked oh, of up course. again. You're not, of course. You, well, like, uh, like I mean, okay, it is a difficult world. I get it. There's a lot on your plate. You're thinking about a lot of things. You have one kid that's sick. You know, you have. All of these things going on. You have your daughter who needs a little extra, you know, care because she can't hear anything. So if one of these monsters is creeping up, she's not going to hear it. So you got to pay attention to her. And then you have your your young son as well. But when you're when you're out scavenging, you don't just be like, all right, let's go and then just leave and then leave your your youngest son in the back by you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you, you, you keep them in the front where you can keep an eye they're on. Like, they're like a block down the street too. Yeah. While they while this kid's like going through the pros and cons of taking this spaceship, they're just like they're fucking gone. They're like he'll catch up later. Kids, like, what was he? He was like four years old. Yeah. Or something. Plus, you probably could have used those batteries. Why are you passing up batteries? Pop them in your pocket. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely use the batteries. Batteries. Unbelievable. But you know they it, the way that the way that that all turned out was unexpected. I didn't I didn't see that coming. It was a, a, yeah, a I didn't think it was going to go that pretty route. pretty shocking way to to start the movie off because that was kick it off. That was that was really at the beginning of the film, so really surprising. But maybe that white maybe the whiteboard kind of explained some of that then. Maybe that you're not you're, we're not working with the brightest guy here. Well, he's putting like amplifiers. On the surface. He's, like, he's, he's like some kind of engineering genius. He's putting little mini amplifiers on uh, hearing aids and stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, he has his he has his areas of expertise, but he's not, you know, he might not be all around intelligent here. He needs a whiteboard. <laughs> Remind him that they attacked Sam. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the whiteboard was maybe he created the whiteboard really early on when it happened and people still weren't quite sure about what was going on. Although that does, it still doesn't really make sense because you see like with the, the whiteboard, you have all the newspaper headlines and stuff that, that yeah. have the same information and maybe even more. Uh, I mean, this guy's to the point where he's, he's got a list of international radio stations and he's got like five left on there to try out. And he still has up a whiteboard that says that they attack sound. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's got better stuff to do. Is. You know, you, you don't ever just leave something laying around your house that you're just like, you know what? I'll deal with that later. I'll clean that up later. I guess. I'll, I'll just, I guess. I'll put that away later. I just, but I also have this running thread that his wife is constantly asking for that whiteboard because she's in charge of, you know, essentially homeschooling these children and she could really use that whiteboard of course but he's like he's just stubborn and he's like no i need it it's my research i feel like you could also use it for things like uh inventory you know you got to be stocking up on supplies you know medicine and food and stuff like that i think an inventory would be good for keeping track of your supplies making sure that you're you know rationing out your food in in a proper manner definitely so yeah, the, yeah, I think the whiteboard would definitely be more benefit. Have it definitely has more beneficial uses than the, uh, <laughs> just, the remind weakness? reminding you of the base facts about these creatures. <laughs> you know, uh, what is you the know, weakness? it makes me wonder, Kevin. Maybe that whiteboard was for us. Maybe that whiteboard <laughs> was to let us know what's going on with these things. <laughs> What is its weakness? And then he boxed it, too. He put it in a box. He moved that shit in green, too. But I also love, my other favorite thing about him as a character and a person is his, anytime something would happen, it was just super serious face on Krasinski. Just super serious. Like, holy shit. And he would just turn to his kids or his wife and just slowly put his finger to his mouth like shh don't say anything like they don't it's day 459 like they know like it's almost insulting at that point it has to be he does that like 25 times through the course of the movie in an hour and a half he does it like 25 times yeah i don't know i don't know if that would be (laughs) If that would get to be like too much or or what? I just I would I would just you gotta imagine at some point you gotta you're starting to get pissed off at that. That anytime something pops up, you gotta deal with your husband turning to you with a super serious face and putting his finger over his mouth like shh be quiet now. Don't make a sound, they attack sound. You saw the whiteboard. <laughs> they didn't because they weren't allowed to go in the, in that area. That was like that was like the, Dad's secret that was like his man cave and they weren't allowed in. 
No, it's, he'll figure it out on his own. He doesn't need anybody's help. It's, see how far he got with the whiteboard over the course of just under 500 days. He's figured out so much. I like the, the way that it ended. I like the conclusion a lot. I thought that, uh, I thought it, the, just the entire final act I thought was, was really well done. And I mean, nitpicks aside, the whiteboard is a, a silly nitpick that didn't bother me at all, but, uh, I, I really enjoyed the movie overall. It's just, I, I enjoyed it too. It's just one of those things. It's just, you have, you have a good movie here. You have a nice tight film that works really, really well. And what it sets out to do, it's fairly simplistic, but it does it really well. And for me, it's just like, <laughs> you can cut the whiteboard out. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> you don't need I'm trying to pull not. away from the whiteboard and we're coming back to it. Uh, hmm. Uh, oh boy. At any rate, uh, it, it, <laughs> this one had a it had a very good weekend. Uh, another absolutely stellar weekend for a horror film. Uh, I think I think horror is is definitely it's coming back, it's coming oh, yeah. back into the mainstream big time, and uh, I couldn't be happier about that. Well, I saw a lot of people like bitching and moaning like that they didn't want to see this because it was PG-13 and all that stuff. Look, it doesn't matter that this is PG-13. Go see it. Don't let that sway you in any way. I think it's just as scary and thrilling and exciting as any other horror movie that's rated R. It, it doesn't need to be rated R to be a solid horror movie. So don't, don't let that no, PG-13 rating uh, sway you in any way. So, uh, all right, let's give this thing a score. Uh, I will give A Quiet Place a seven and a half out of ten. Ooh, I'm going to give it a like seven, seven and a half. All right, there you go. This is playing in theaters right now. I would absolutely recommend going to see it in the theater. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely a theater-going experience for sure. I just don't think it'd be quite as effective unless you were, you know, have a big TV with a really good sound system. I just don't think it'd be quite yeah. as effective on the on the no, small I, screen. I, th I have a feeling that it loses a lot. Yeah, in the the home viewing experience, especially with my setup, I don't think it would really work. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's a quiet place. Let's move on and talk about our next review. This is for the endless. If you're not familiar with this, this is Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead's latest film. These are the guys that did Resolution, which I was a huge fan of. Hell yeah. Yeah, I know you were too. And they also did Spring, which was another one that I was a really big fan of as well. And I think that you you liked you liked Spring a lot too, didn't you? No, I did not. Really? I thought Spring was, spring was eh to me. I thought you liked I'll have to go back and yeah. listen to that review. I thought you liked that one. I could be wrong. I mean, if I am, let me know. But I I feel as though I was mixed. I think you liked it. Anyway. Um so this is this is their latest. This is playing in limited release right now. Uh I have a synopsis here. Two brothers return to the cult they fled from years ago to discover that the group's beliefs may be more sane than they once thought. So 
before we get into this one, I want to say, if you have a chance to go see this, go see it completely cold. Don't, I would say even avoid trailers for this one. Like the synopsis is good. That gives you just a, a baseline of what the the starting blocks are for this. But I would not, I would, I would actually avoid reviews on this one as well, especially ones that may get a little bit too deep into the plot, but I would really encourage people to go into this one completely cold, as cold as they can. Because for me, the thing that really worked. Indeed, that's, that's how I did it. Yeah. And same here. I saw this, I actually saw this last year at Tribeca and I literally knew nothing about it other than I was a big fan of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. I love their last two movies and I knew there was something about a cult and people going back to a cult. That's all I knew going into it. And I think that when you go in cold, you just get so much more out of it. And, uh, as a result, I, I loved the endless. I thought it was just, man, it was so awesome. Uh, I, I rewatched it. I rewatched it this week for the review since it's been a year and I'm everything I said about it. I, I actually wrote a review back in, uh, when it premiered Tribeca and everything I said about it then still stands. I, I thought this movie was absolutely fantastic. Kevin, what did you think of the endless? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Just, and the, the whole going into it cold, not knowing anything. Cause I didn't really even know that it about a cult maybe but i probably i must have forgotten it by the time i started it which worked out really well because for me what they do so well in my eyes is they're able to string you along and do this uh long play of like build up but they're they're able to give you little morsels here and Mm -hmm. there yeah that just to just tip you off a little bit to just make you question things so like what the fuck is going on and this movie especially i thought they did a really fantastic job of it because they really uh they set up an expectation and then they completely go in an opposite direction with it yeah and that's sort of that's sort of what these guys do right when looking at their last two films one of the reasons i like them so much is that their their movies they blend genres. There's the you can't really put any of their movies in a box. They they like to mix things up and sort of put put a little bit of everything in them. And then they're they're always kind of keeping you on your toes as far as your expectations and and what you think is going to happen. They like to throw lots of twists at you, and they do it so well. They do, and even when this this kind of um perhaps to say like, you know, lays all the cards out on the table as you, you kind of figure out what's going on, what's happening, what they need to do and all that. It's still surprisingly interesting in the sense of the, how they frame it in that their lives outside, you know, in society sucks so much that this alternative, as insane as it sounds, doesn't actually look that bad. Right. So just to step back and I I can talk about the, the, just sort of the base, base level things in the plot. So like the synopsis said, you have this, these two guys, they, 
escaped a cult like a decade ago. So they they got out of this this cult. They thought that it was like a UFO death cult. They thought everybody was going to commit suicide. So they got out and they one day they're they're struggling. They're eating ramen every night. They're cleaning houses for you know, a little bit of money. They're struggling to pay the rent. And all of a sudden one day they get this package and it contains a tape from one of the the cult members. And it seems like they're about to kill themselves. They're about to ascend. I think they called it. So they decide, you know what, let's just go there, check in on them. We'll just stay there for like a day and then we'll come back and they go there and then sort of things things happen some some stuff goes down and like you said there is this interesting uh question of maybe they do want to stay there maybe maybe this is a better situation than what they have at home right now and it does sort of uh raise some interesting questions but i also like that it's it's a movie that never it doesn't hold your hand like you said at one point, you, it does sort of lay the cards out on the table. You know, you, you know what's going on. There are there are a few big reveals that that occur, but you're still left with questions. Like you're still wondering oh, yeah. what's what's happening, and that, and that's the same thing that they did with their their previous two movies as well. And why I sort of want to get into a little bit of a, a spoiler discussion on this because there, there's so many wild things that happen that you're just like, what the fuck? It's definitely a, a, a mind fuck up movie for sure. Without a doubt. The only, the only thing that I thought, um, the only area that I thought was a little bit lacking was, um, the fact that Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead play the main brothers. And I gotta say, they're not that great well yeah i mean the thing acting the thing is they're they're definitely directors they're not i don't think that they're mainly <laughs> actors but it was just like ah uh, maybe not the best decision i don't know if there was a way around that though yeah i mean it, it it's not absolutely <clears throat> it's not so bad that it to the point that it takes you completely out of it and i did enjoy like how they're bickering extended throughout the entire film even when the shit gets real they're still bickering like brothers yeah and again that's something that i thought that there was more of it in spring than than resolution but both of those movies also had a, a fair amount of comedy and i like the there were there were a lot of sort of comedic moments especially in how the movie was edited and they'd be like in the middle of arguments and then they would just cut to the next scene and stuff. And I thought that that added a lot to sort of the, to, to give the movie yeah. more levity. And they do it in a really, for me, it's a really enjoyable way because it, it, it feels at home. The comedy feels at home in what's going on. Like a lot of the comedy is just born out of, how they respond to what's happening in the film. It's nothing like we're forcing jokes in here or they're trying to give it this comedic edge. It just feels natural. Right, yeah. It, it, all the conversations and all of the all of the humor comes from a more organic place. Just their like you said their reactions to some of the sort of cult cult-like things and, and some of the, like the weird 
occurrences that begin happening on this this desert compound of theirs, it definitely lends itself to comedy, and I was glad to see it in there. Any? Do you want to? Any, any other thoughts <laughs> on it before we get into some spoilers? No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. It's it's <laughs> definitely a movie you can't talk about you, at length without divulging no, too many good. details. Let's go ahead and just go see it. Yeah, just go see it. Let's give it a score. Um, I think my original score for this was a nine. Wow, yeah. it's up. It's up there. It's up. Yeah, there. I can see it though. I wouldn't argue with you. What's your score? I give it like an eight, eight and a half. There you go. Go see The Endless. I know it's playing in limited release right now, so it may not be in your city. If it is, definitely go check it out in the theater. Uh, if not, just keep an eye out for it on VOD. I'm sure uh, that it'll be available soon. I know that uh, WellGo USA is the one putting it out, so they usually have a pretty quick turnaround to VOD, so definitely keep an eye out for it. Let's talk some spoilers on The Endless. I will mark the time codes in the show notes so you can skip ahead uh, past this if you do not if you do not want to be spoiled by the movie and I, I highly suggest if you haven't seen it to, to go ahead and just jump forward however long because it gets crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so as it so what happens this and the thing that I think the most shocking thing for me was the scene when they went to the house from Re- Resolution. Like that was the big yeah. that was the big yeah. shocker for me. I was like, "Holy shit, this is taking place in the same world as Resolution." And they went to Mike and uh can't remember the other guy's name. I know what is his name? Chris. Yeah. Mike and Chris. They went to the the <laughs> shitty house that they they were in in Resolution. And that that was like the mind-blowing moment for me. How everything so I mean essentially this is a sequel. And mm-hmm. it, it's it, everything that happened in Resolution all ties together with what happened in The Endless and it made me think like as soon as I saw that for the first time I'm like, "Oh my god." Like it all makes sense. It all fits together. Why? Why didn't I, didn't I see it? You know, with like the photos and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, holy shit! <laughs> like this is amazing. Yeah, and I think of this the the reason I I I know that I didn't pick up on it is because it's been such a while since I've seen right. Resolution. Yeah. Which when they show up at the house, I had kind of the same reaction. I was just like, what? I was like, oh my god! I mean, people. And then my my immediate thought was, shit! I wish I watched Resolution. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yesterday, or the day before. What's well, interesting because, you know, I I rewatched this this weekend, and I I rewatched Resolution before rewatching The Endless, and it is really interesting to see like these really do go together. Like they 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 go together. I mean. I didn't even, it had been so long since I've seen Resolution. If you, there is a scene that they show in The Endless when uh, Mike comes up on uh, Justin and Aaron in, in Resolution and then they have that conversation about the the cult and stuff. Like when he, he just sort of stumbles upon them 
in the in in oh, the desert. Really? Yeah, like that. It, you see it. You know when they find the tape in in the lake. Yeah. And they watch it. That's actually a, the scene mm-hmm. from Resolution. And oh. I completely forgot that that scene is, was in there because it was such a small, seemingly insignificant scene in Resolution. And that's that's. I mean, people that remember Resolution well will probably immediately know like that these are the same two characters, you know? Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I had completely forgotten about that little throwaway scene. Fucking love it. Yeah, I know. It's it's absolutely crazy. So So they've been 10 years. Yeah. So they've been stuck in that. Maybe even more. So, so what, what, it turns out is that there are these little there's this being that's watching over this area and he has created time loops like little pockets of time loops that will periodically reset some of them they're, they're sort of like clusters and some of them will reset very quickly and some of them take a long time like the the main one that we're in with the the commune or the cult or whatever you want to call it that takes like what a ten years, yeah. So that one's a long one, but then there's also ones that are very short. And yeah, this, w- w- this one that's like two seconds. Yeah, there's one that's like which when they when they first come upon when he first comes upon that. Yeah, because I still don't. What's in the the big uh, freight trailer? I don't know. Type. I have no idea what that is. See, and then there's like that one scene when he's walking down the trail and like the trees just get obliterated. Like, what was that? I don't know. That's what I mean. There's so much going on. I still don't understand like the old, like the old, old guy in that tent that his, you know, his loops like two seconds or whatever, where he just like shows up in a chair and then for some reason, like he explodes. It's just. It's fucking odd. Yeah, it is. It's weird. And I don't know if it's if it's him. If this being is, I don't know if that's to try and show you that he. I guess he's gaining power, maybe, or figuring things out because, like, the earliest is like a two second loop. Right. Yeah. Maybe. And everything. It, it seems like he keeps building up and building up. Yeah. I don't know. It's wild. It though. is wild. So, like, so to reset. So. From what the one guy says, because there's this other guy. Oh, and there's also a scene in The Endless when he goes, when they go to a trailer, there was a picture that um, they get and they end up, they both end up at this trailer. Nobody's at the trailer. That was actually the trailer from Resolution where Mike goes and has a conversation with this guy who was uh, there with a bunch of students and the students went missing. So, so mm-hmm. that was, uh, that was actually a tie in too that I, that I missed, uh, that I completely missed until I rewatched them this weekend. This is this is wild because we ended up going into spoiler territory, right? For the listeners, mm-hmm. me followed you in there unknowing, <laughs> and, and and you're being and now things are being spoiled for me. <laughs> yeah, you'll definitely need to rewatch uh, Resolution because. It's like I didn't I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah, there there are a lot more things that that tie the two together. It's it's pretty crazy, actually. What I don't understand, so I'm I I'm not entirely sure, and I don't know if we have enough information, but 
so the way that the loop works is if you kill you have to kill yourself before the loop resets or else according to that one guy something really bad happens to you but i'm not sure what that is and and, and furthermore i'm not sure how he knows about it is that what i guess happens to to mike and chris yeah maybe cuz they try and they end up getting destroyed so I guess he comes down and kills you in some way. But, but, but even then, that's like, the, that's the same as killing yourself. It's not that big of a yeah. deal. Yeah. But the other thing that confuses me is how when, when they found Mike and Chris, they, they knew about the loop. They knew, they knew what was going on and they were trying to figure out ways to stop it. But why is it then that when it, the loop resets for them, it seems like they forget. You know what I mean? Like they... They, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like the beginning of resolution when he's pulling up and Chris is shooting the guns on the porch. No, 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 no. That's the very first time. And they've been looping for the last 10 years. I know. Because the, the hard drive thing that they watch, isn't that the end of resolution where they like apologize to it when it comes down from the sky and they're like, sorry, blah, 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 and they get murdered or whatever. Yeah. But I'm still not sure. I, I still don't quite understand how. Because they had to be missing for. <clears throat> they've had to go through their loop a couple of times because Mike's wife even comes out to try and find them. I'm assuming that they've been gone for as long as it's been since Resolution came out. So yeah. they've probably been gone for because, yeah, several because years. Resolution has them as, as you know, him going around as a cult. So they got out 10, right. 10 years ago. So that ago. was 10 years ago. So resolution was 10 years ago. If not more. So they've been, yeah, they've been stuck in that loop that entire time. Mm. But I, I still don't understand how they seem to forget when it loops back. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the one guy, he remembers every time he kills himself and he comes back, he, he remembers like where he is, mm. it doesn't completely like reset time groundhog. Oh, that's a bad example because they remember in Groundhog Day too. Like it doesn't reset <laughs> for everyone else in Groundhog Day where they have no recollection that they're in, they're stuck in a time loop. Like Mike and Chris, they yeah. knew that they were in a time loop. They, they remembered how many times, you know, they walked up and said, hey, Mike and all that stuff. But it's like, does it take time for them to figure out that this is all? It probably does. Yeah. And then, and then that, that other guy, maybe it's just that he's been looping for so long that he just knows now. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of interesting questions. I really hope that they make another one. Cause I feel like this is just perfect for a trilogy. They just need to wrap it all, wrap it all up and, and just give us, like Give us a little bit more out like, of this. Like I said to you, you have, was it Mike's wife at one point towards the end, she's like riding her bike out. Yeah. <clears throat> so my thought is she either gets out too, which I got to imagine if she's riding her bike away from there and, you know, the, the sky starts essentially being fire. And everything's exploding. You would keep riding. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't really want to be there in the first place. I don't think. Yeah, 
She didn't really like it. And, so I imagine that she gets And then out. plus at the end, at up. the very end, when they came back after they ascended, she wasn't anywhere to be seen. So yeah. I think it's safe to say that she she probably got out. Yeah. And they're going to end up meeting each other. And they're going to be like, hey, yeah, we know where Mike is. We can help you out, maybe. They still got to figure it out. Yeah, they got to figure out how to get them out of it. Because apparently if you yeah. once you loop once, you're stuck. Like you can't get out at that point. Now, would you loop? Or would you stick to the cleaning houses? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, they got a good thing going. Because <laughs> li- their lives did look like shit. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. I mean, the, but the camp didn't look that bad. Yeah, they, they had, got a good thing had, going. They had like a good. They had great. Yeah, food. good food. They got craft beer. All the craft beer you can drink. You stay. Yeah. You stay young forever. And it's not like you're reliving the same thing. You just reset, and then you you can. Kind of do and, your own and thing. also it's not like you're stuck in this loop. right and also they have you can't leave the camp but you do have connections to the outside world you know so yeah it would it wouldn't be that you'd be completely cut off from the world so I don't know man I, I, I might go for it I'd be a little nervous about whatever that the creature is that's that's pulling the strings that that might yeah. that might make me be like ah, i don't know about this but it's seeing i mean if they're coming up on resetting the loop so it's been 10 years it doesn't really seem like anything terrible has happened to anyone no but it all seems like a an experiment so who knows when this thing could just be like ah, i'm done i'm done with this and then just obliterates them all I mean, it, but see that makes it even kind of better because you're like at least because to me the really the only downside the immortality because that sounds awful but if you could go at some point in time grow tired and just destroy it then yeah i mean if i did it for like a hundred yeah i mean if i did it for like a hundred <laughs> years or something but knowing my luck i'd be like you know what i want to do this i want to loop and then the very first loop, <laughs> the very first loop it, the guy would be like or the the creature would be like mm, i'm done with you guys and then like explode all of us into oblivion <laughs> That'd be great to know too, though, that the creature stopped it because of you joining the loop. <laughs> it just didn't you like you joined the loop, and he was just—I <laughs> hate this guy so fucking much. He's so awful. Like I'm done with this. I'm sorry, shutting it down. There's also, if you want to know another little Easter egg that ties the two together, do you want to know another one, or do you want to see the movie? Or rewatch. No, hit, hit me. Uh, the hit girl, me. the one girl that's the the artist who's doing the paintings and stuff. She it, she talks about that that she was staying at this the uh, mental health facility that was nearby, and she would go out and wander. There's one scene in Resolution that feels very random and creepy, where Mike wakes up and there's just this strange girl uh, standing at their window tapping on the glass. And she just looks real creepy and weird. And I think that that's the same girl from The Endless. Because she says that she used to go out and wander. And she used to go to this um, drugged out, you know, gun nuts place. Yeah. So that's another little tie-in there. But yes, guys, please 
please give us another one. You can do another. You can do another movie in between, like you did with Spring. Like that's that's totally cool. I want I want more from you guys. It's actually a good idea to do that because, like, with the whole resolution and endless thing, I didn't pick up on any of this. Really. Yeah. Until they literally put, they're like, hey, this is resolution. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Because then I did kind of like walk back a little bit. It's like, okay, with the method tweet. All right. I gotcha. Exactly. So, and I also love, uh, I mean, fans of uh, Lovecraftian horror will definitely find a lot to appreciate here because I think that pretty much all three of their movies have, uh, drawn a lot of influence from Lovecraft. I mean, in the endless, you have a quote from Lovecraft at the beginning and you, you definitely have, there's definitely strong Lovecraftian vibes with their movies spring as well had that, but man, go see the endless. It's so good. Yeah. I I mean, it was like right now it's, it's gotta be one of my favorite. It probably will remain one of my favorite movies of 2018 for sure. Cause it's just, so excellent so and and like each each of their movies seems to be a little bit more refined than the last two i'm just i'm a little worried that once they get to a certain level the studios are going to grab them up and have them direct like a marvel marvel (laughs) movie or something and (laughs) do dr strange number yeah i was gonna say dr strange too but i think uh I think what's his name's gonna stay with that, Derek. Uh, the guy that did Sinister. All right. Any final spoilers before we move on? No. no. All right. We are out of a spoiler zone now, so welcome back for those that uh, skipped ahead. Let's move on and talk about someone we're watching in the watch list, Kevin. I think we'll start with you this week. I'm I'm only gonna do one because we kind of ran along with the with the old double double feature and also it helps that i only watched one other movie and that's the shape of water Uh oh i watched the shape of water um i guess you know the to get on run times as they usually do not sure why this movie is over two hours long seems it's just it's such a weird experience because we watched this and i think we're about Hour in, a little after an hour or so, take a smoke break, go out into the garage, smoke a cigarette. And I'm thinking, I know we've been watching this movie for an hour, but nothing's happened. Like, we've just been introduced to, everyone calls him Fish Man, but my subtitles are telling me that he's an amphibian man. So, I don't know what the hell's wrong with people. But he does kind of seem like a fish, doesn't he? Like I thought he had scales and stuff. Yeah. But either way, he's a it creature. It was kind of fun. Some kind of creature, humanoid, humanoid creature. It's kind of fun because the subtitles are just constantly amphibian man chittering, just over and over again. But like an hour into it, nothing's happened. I've just been introduced to the amphibian man. That's about it. Like there's just there's not that much going on in this movie. Like introduced the amphibian man. They spend some time together. Amphibian man gets out. They fall in love. Amphibian man gets away. That's it. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I was not 
really big just on like, the the narrative of this story. Like it felt very it's pretty basic, really. When you yeah, when you and I mean, look at it. Majority I not majority, almost all of it is just surface level where you're just like, okay, you know, she's different. Richard Jenkins is different. So they kind of have this commonality with them and that's why they kind of fall into her falls into love with him and he kind of forms this friendship with him, whatever. And like, that's it. And then you have like the Russian thing with Bob, but that seems like nothing really. It's just, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. I thought that aside from the, the visuals and the music and the performances, there, there wasn't a lot going on with the, the plot of this one. I was, I was a little disappointed with it. I certainly didn't love it as much as most other people did. Yeah, and it's just some odd choices, like the fact that it's Baltimore, but the, like the entire film just has this really, like, to me anyways, it just felt really French, like it was trying to be a French film, like the music. Yeah, I mean it, it and everything to it. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> had like a like a Jean Pierre Jeunet vibe to it. Yeah, really strong. Like, it doesn't feel like you're in Baltimore, but they keep saying that it's Baltimore, where it's just like, you could have just made it a no-name place. Like, you didn't have to say where you're at. And then to have some of, like, the the like this, the, the civil rights stuff, which just kind of felt... I don't, like, when she turns the TV and it's footage of the civil rights movement, and he's like, oh, turn it off, turn it off, I don't want to see that. It's just like... Why? Why is that in there? And then with the the diner, yeah, I don't know. It just it felt like I watched a fifteen minute long movie, but it took over two hours <laughs> to do it. <laughs> it's just I don't know. But I did because going into it, <clears throat> the main thing that I remember is like Adam said something about Michael Shannon's wound that he has that plays throughout the entire movie and i did enjoy that <laughs> yeah the fact that it's just it's a constant struggle for him in that wound <laughs> i just love when they're sitting in the car and the guy's like what the f- what is that smell i think it's your fingers <laughs> yes i that was maybe my favorite part of that movie i don't it's i, I didn't like it but there is a within like the first five minutes i was just like I can see why the Academy fucking loved this thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is what they live for. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page with that one. That's, uh, I don't know why she fucked it, though. It seemed like that was, well, that was one of the issues I had was that I felt like the, the relationship between the two of those didn't really feel earned. Like there wasn't, it just felt weird. Like there wasn't that much <laughs> yeah. of a, a courtship process. It didn't, I didn't, I just wasn't buying that they were in love. No, he just gave him some, I, I don't even think it, honestly, I think she took advantage of him. Cause I don't think he knew what he was getting into. Maybe not. I don't think he knows what's going on. Maybe not. He's just, he's grown to trust her. And then she took advantage of that trust. Took advantage of his body. His, yeah. his fish man body. <laughs> and I just love that. She's like, you know, they get to work and Octavia Spencer's like, why are you smiling? And she like explains it. And Octavia Spencer's just like, oh, gee. 
It's just like, I don't think that, that would be the reaction that you would have in that situation. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it is what it is. That's the shape of water. Is that out now, like on VOD? It's on uh, DVD. Ah. Pick it up on DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, since you only did one, I only did one. There was really only one that's uh, that I saw this week that was really worth talking about other than the two that we discussed. Uh, and that's You Were Never Really Here. This is the... Uh, you son of a bitch. So this is the Lynn Ramsey uh, one with Joaquin Phoenix. Plays out like... Um, I would compare it to Taxi Driver or drive sort of sort of like that maybe maybe even uh maybe even taken a little bit although Ooh. although it's definitely an art house version of of taken and uh, maybe even more more of an art house title than taxi driver was it's it's very very contemplative you know Joaquin Phoenix is brooding for a lot of the film and he has these like crazy flashbacks because he's a he's like a former he's a veteran who suffered PTSD and he's had several traumatic life events that's that brought him to his current vocation which is he gets paid to recover kidnapped children and oh, okay so <laughs> in in the film he's hired by a senator to recover her, his daughter who was, who was kidnapped and he, he, the, the kidnappers left, texted him an address for some reason. And he has to go get the daughter and he, and he does. And there's little, little resistance with that, but then things get complicated after he recovers the daughter. And, you know, there's, it, it's interesting. It's a violent film, but much of the violence doesn't happen on screen. You see a lot of the aftermath. Joaquin Phoenix's weapon of choice is a ball peen hammer. So lots of okay. uh, lots of dudes getting hammered in the face and in the head. He kills he right. kills a lot of people and you know with a hammer. With, with a hammer, yeah. There's there's a lot of hammer smashing in it. Wow. Right. I enjoyed the film. Uh I didn't I didn't love it, but it is, you know, we talked about it before. Uh, sometimes I get frustrated when people don't talk. And while Joaquin Phoenix talks more than, more than like Ryan Gosling did in Drive, he's still a pretty stoic dude in this. And I just, I, I find myself yelling at the, at, at the screen, like, you know, maybe if you talked a little bit more, you'd be able to work through some of these issues that you're having, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there, I guess. Overall, really good story. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out. You were never really here because it's, uh, it's pretty good. I, I'm, for you, I, I don't know. I don't know how you would feel I mean, about. It. I, I don't. I don't know if you'd like it, honestly. But. I can say this: just give me a heads up when it comes out on DVD, because that's not coming. It's never coming here. No. I can feel it. I know it deep in my bones that we're not kidding. It. Yeah. Well, I know you were a big fan of Rat Catcher, and did you like? We need to talk about Kevin. I did like. We need to talk about Kevin. Also liked uh, Mavern Kalar. Which I think was her second. That was her second film. Yeah. So I mean, with those 
if you've seen those films, you have an idea of what to expect here. There's a lot of kind of like almost trippy, surreal um, moments where the character is really struggling with their their sort of mental acuity. So okay. you, you have a lot of kind of moments like that throughout the movie. Although, oh, one, one other thing that I will mention, the score is fucking awesome. Uh, I think it was uh, Johnny Greenwood did the score. Oh, yeah. And it was I forgot he did that. Really good score in this. So the the one song, I think it's like the main theme. It's It almost sounds like the beginning of Highway to the Danger Zone. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, and, and it like, it tripped me out a little bit the first couple times it played. But yeah, You Were Never Really Here, that's uh, playing in limited release right now as well. So check that out. All right, let's talk about what's coming up in theaters this week. Uh, so Isle of Dogs is going wide. So that'll be in, yes. in theaters nationwide this weekend. We have Beirut. This is a this is like a point. I hate this this new thing. They've taken these historical and making them film things like Beirut. What was the other one? The the was it like three days in TVs or something like that? Yeah, it was about the hostage situation. They need to stop this shit. Yeah, three days in Beirut looks. Or, yeah, three days in Beirut. <laughs> I, just, I just mixed them up. Merge the two. <laughs> just a mashup. Merge the two. Doesn't look very good. This is with John Hamm. Uh, we no, also have Rampage. This is looks absolutely terrible. It sure does. And I, uh, I, I know from a trusted source that it is terrible. So we got Borg versus McEnroe. This is the. Uh, Tennis biopic with Shia LaBeouf. No, thank you. Nah, I'm not interested in that. We got Truth or Dare. I'm actually this movie. This movie looks so bad. I'm actually somewhat interested in this one. Um, I'll probably. I mean, I don't this, know if I'll see it in it, theater, but I'll I'll definitely keep a lookout for it. It looks really really bad, but at the same time, this is. It seems like this could be a really good. Uh, gather your friends up and watch it. I like the, so I think uh, really, it when, seems like you could have fun with this. Yeah. Like when they get, I like it when they get infected or whatever, and they get that creepy smile on their face, you know, like the, <laughs> the Aphex twin style smile. <laughs> I like that. Let's see what else we have. The rider. This is one that uh, garnered a lot of, a lot of praise last year. It was nominated for, uh, some independent spirit awards, including best picture, I believe. We got Mar- Marrowbone. <laughs> Marrowbone is a, this is a gothic horror film. I feel like there's been a lot of these gothic horror films coming out mm-hmm. recently. They've all been a little meh, and Marrowbone is uh, is no exception. I was actually saw Marrowbone, and it was uh, it's not oh, it's not great. Well, wasn't it? It wasn't <laughs> horrible, but I'd call yeah. it average. No, let's see. That's the problem with those gothic horror. Th- yeah, like Thanks. they're not, they're rarely bad. Like, they, they, and, and like, often, <laughs> they don't even have the decency to be bad. Oftentimes, right yeah, like oftentimes they're, they're visually pleasing. You know, like, like Marrowbone is, it looks really good visually, but just, I just, plot wise, yeah, there's just, just not a lot there. It just seems like it's a really boring time. It somewhat is. 
Now we also have Wildling. This is a it's a horror movie. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure what this one is about. Um, I think it's about uh, oh, like a woman who was kept in captivity for a time or something. Like I said, she's like a wildling. Yeah. Wildling. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Zama. Hell yeah. We have 10 by 10. It looks like some sort of uh, containment thriller with Luke Evans. Mm-hmm. Aardvark is coming out. Okay. This is a movie that I saw last year at Tribeca. Wasn't even aware it was coming out until I just now looked at the list here. It's with uh, Jenny Slate and John Hamm and Zachary Quinto. Uh, not great. I hope that, I hope that they're put, trying to ride on the coattails of Beirut. <laughs> really hoping people could be in the movie. John Hamm. Uh, not so sure about that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's, don't think it's a, a move that's going to work out for him. No. That's pretty much it for theaters. Let's talk about what's coming out on VOD this week. We got Mabel Mabel Tiger Trainer. Okay. I got, I think it's a documentary. We got, uh, sorry, these are for Tuesday the 10th. We got House on Elm Lake and we got Ellis. Uh, we also have Us and Them on the 10th. And then on the 13th, we have Wildling. We got An Ordinary Man. We got Party Bus to Hell. <laughs> I think that stars Tara Reed, by the way. Okay. And that's what we got on VOD for this week. Looking at Blu-ray for April 10th, we're looking at Deep Red. Arrow's put, putting out Deep Red. If you haven't seen Deep Red, it is one of my all-time favorite Giallo films. It's an Argento film that, oh boy, do I love that movie. I have a I have a Deep Red poster that I have framed. I have a Deep Red t-shirt. I would I want that what you just did. I want that to become your catchphrase. If we if we can create catchphrases, you know, 4 or 5 years into this. I just want it to be you going, oh, boy, do I like this movie. <laughs> oh, man, there's got to be something better. <laughs> it just is so wholesome. It's just there was so much excitement in your voice. The funny, was, the, yeah, the, the funny thing is it's talking about Deep Red, which is a very not wholesome movie. Oh uh, my! Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke from 1978 is getting a uh, looks like a 4K release on that. We got Molly's Game. That's the one with Jessica Chastain. That's the Aaron Sorkin one. We got The Greatest Showman. Hmm. We <laughs> <laughs> got <clears throat> Full Moon High from 1981 getting a Blu-ray release. Proud Mary's coming out. Uh, skip that one. Yeah. Not very good, unfortunately. Mohawk. This is one that I would uh, recommend checking out. I don't know if you got to buy it on Blu-ray, but definitely give it a give it a rental at least because it's a pretty badass revenge tale about this, uh, this young Mohawk woman who fucks up a whole bunch of uh, U.S. military guys. Oh, okay. My friend Dahmer's coming out. That's another that's another one I would 
definitely recommend about the the childhood tells the true story of uh jeffrey dahmer's childhood based on the based sleeps things up yeah you know when you see it you're just like okay (laughs) my i see disembodied from 1998 is getting a blu-ray release never saw that movie it it looks looks somewhat interesting it looks pretty bad i think it was a straight to vhs movie that was shot on 16 millimeter Oh my! So goodness. might might give that one a look. Wow! Bomb City from last year is coming out on Blu-ray. This is one I saw. I didn't talk about it on the show, but it uh, tells the true story of these uh, these like punk rock kids who end up clashing with the these like football players, and uh, it ends up causing the death of one of the the punk kids. One of the football players kills him, and it's sort of a really sad story. That's pretty much all I got. Is there anything coming out on Criterion this week? Uh, This week is a Eclipse series box set number 46. Uh, This is going to be Ingrid Bergman's Swedish years. So the the actress before before she made her way to America is our I think it's a total of six films that she made from 1935 to 1940 in Sweden. Yeah, I remember Before seeing, she, I thought that came out like a long time ago. I guess they just I advertised thought, it. Yeah, I thought it did too, actually. Hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, I, I forgot to mention Phantom Thread is also coming out. So if you want to see on the DVDs. Yeah. Getting out on the DVDs. Want to see Phantom Thread? Maybe check check that out. And I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash filmpulse is the address. And consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rankstraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. <laughs>